Hey friends, before we get into this week's episode, if you are in the Austin area, I would like to invite you to my upcoming socially distant outdoor yoga event, Yin Yoga and Healing Harp at Tree Garden. The event will be held on Sunday, May 23rd, 2021 from 4 to 5.30 p.m. If you haven't yet been to Tree Garden, oh, it is so beautiful. It is this outdoor event space nestled in nature, located in East Austin. Talented musician Andrea Cortez of Mind Body Music Center will be playing the harp as I teach restorative yin yoga. It will be so relaxing and so memorable. I hope you can join us. You can check out the event link in the show notes. Please reserve your spot as space is limited. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, friends, to the Yoga and Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher who is living and learning every day in the beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am constantly curious about all things yoga and. If this is your first time joining us, a big welcome to you. This podcast is an invitation to open up your aperture to how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than something that you do? on a piece of rubber, but could it be infused into other aspects of our lives? Today, we will explore the subject of yoga and connecting with your pet. We will sit down to chat with yoga teacher and psychotherapist, Nicole Vickokal. We will discuss all about yoga and how we can practice it with our pets and get real scientific benefits. Uh, from practicing this way. I know you are going to love this episode just as much as I did, perhaps learn a few new things. So let's all grab a dog biscuit and sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is psychotherapist, yoga teacher, and dog lover, Nicole Vickokal. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hi, I am excited to be here. I am so happy to have you on the show. I've actually been wanting to have you on the show when I first started this show, but I was really bad at interviewing. So I have a few more under my belt, so I'm really glad you're here. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more tell me tell us who you are and what you're about yeah absolutely so i am a psychotherapist here in austin texas in private practice and i am also a yoga teacher and i also founded austin doga yoga with your best friend which you all will learn more about on this podcast um and my one of my major specialties is really teaching people how to integrate nature and yoga and animals kind of into their wellness routines to help them kind of increase their sense of emotional physical and mental well-being. Mm. It sounds very integrative and very necessary, even more so now these days. This is a yes. filming post-pandemic. Um, and so I have, I'm so curious because my animals really saved me a lot during the pandemic. And uh, we're going to talk more about that when I dive into that. But um, 
Well, first you have you have a little doggy with you. What's your doggy's name? Yes, yeah, so Snoop. Snoop is my dog. Um, yes, he was part of this kind of wild Chihuahua gang that ran here in East Austin where I live, and so I took him in and adopted him and kind of took care of, got his mom adopted out, and he is also my therapy dog now. Whenever I see clients in session, he actually um, is in sessions with me, unless people request otherwise. Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was an option, that he seems really sweet, has a really sweet presence, really gentle. Uh, yes. Snoop. Uh, so let's talk about some yoga. How does yoga show up in your own life? Yes, so, you know, now, so I initially kind of found yoga in my early 20s. And I know that I'm just going to give you the backstory. I initially found it in my early 20s. And then it was very much um, going to class every day, learning, doing yoga sequences kind of over and over again. And that's really what I needed. Today, it looks like me, I always have a mat rolled out in my office. And so in between sessions, Snoop and I go on the mat and we do child's pose. We, we basically do any pose that feels good just to move our body. A, a lot of times the poses that I need are kind of on the ground and it helps like shift energy and just helps me take care of my body. Um, another way, another kind of way that yoga shows up in my life now is I just instinctually and intuitively just go to like the abdominal and belly breathing. I don't even think about it anymore mm -hmm. just to like regulate my nervous system. And that is such an amazing tool. Just how yoga has taught me to kind of harness the power of breath. And then last, um, I, I love kind of any kind of chanting. And so I love to just go on the internet and just listen, just look up chanting music and listen to it and kind of hum along or chant along as best as I can. That seems to really just help me kind of regulate my nervous system. And there's something about the feeling in my throat and my chest. It just, it just feels really good. Mm. So yoga as tools to reset in between clients and then the, the sound, the, the chanting, the mantras just to calm I think to calm and then I think also it just like raises my mood and helps me kind of see the the beauty and the, the gratitude around me and a lot of times I'll step outside and and breathe and kind of chant not too loud so the neighbors don't you know think I'm too bizarre but uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of for calming but also like kind of up uplifting and kind of shifting my mood Mm. I've been reading that book, The Power of Positivity by Dr. Judith Orloff. And it's just like, you're highlighting a lot of stuff she's talking about, like bringing up the positive, especially in, in professions where it's very one-on-one -on -one and very kind of in, can be, can be heavy energetically. Um, 100%, 100%. And I love Judith Orloff. Uh, she, she is amazing. I devour her books. I, I love, I have like a stack of her books right now that I, I've, yes. I've read some, but not all. So I'm, I'm wanting to read all, but let's get into you. And yeah. how did you get into psychotherapy exactly? How did that happen? Yeah. So man, that, that was a long winding road. And so I'm like, okay, let me try and put this in a nutshell for you. So it really kind of all started as a child. And I've always heard people say that if, if you're trying to kind of figure out what you want in life or even kind of what you want to do, or just kind of what lights you up, like think about what you were or loved as a child. And, and I think that's such good advice. Um, and so I was a, a highly sensitive child. I was also very, I was highly anxious. Um, 
And so from very beginning, I was kind of oriented toward people, but was also kind of like anxious and awkward. And so didn't, didn't really know how to kind of fit in. Um, and so then kind of fast forward, I, I, I started going to college, you know, and, and I didn't have this real clear vision on what I wanted to do. And I was never really that um, high achiever of like, as like academically as a, in like high school, elementary school, all those, I was pretty average. Um, but I took an intro to psychology class in college and it just really came naturally. And my professor at the time was like, wow, you're like really good at this. And, and for me, I just thought it was just easy. And she was like, no, this is not that easy for everyone. And it seems like you're a natural. And so I decided to get my bachelor's in psychology against a lot of people were like, what are you going to do with a bachelor's in psychology? You know, a lot of adults in my life that were like, oh my goodness. And then I went on to pursue um, a master's in clinical social work. And I'm glad I went that route because that also brings like a kind of a social justice component to mm -hmm. looking at helping people. Um, and so it just kind of was like natural. I just kind of kept following every door that would open. And I had a lot of encouragement from people in the field along the way. Um, and then after graduating, I, from graduate school, I worked in agencies and then really decided private practice and really sitting with someone um, kind of from a psychotherapy lens is really what felt best and just really congruent to what I wanted to be doing. Cool. Do you think being sensitive, I would imagine being highly sensitive has something to do with your natural ability in that field, like the, kind of this more intuitive side and sensing Absolutely. people? Absolutely. Yes. And I think a lot of yoga teachers are also highly sensitive. Um, you know, it's like we can just just pick up on certain nuances and certain energy. Um, and and it's, it's like, for me, I, my own psychotherapy, my own counseling um, along the way really also helped me see the value in all of this. And it's almost like, I kind of, I feel like I kind of have to live this way as a psychotherapist, helping other people, making kind of wellness and, and, and incorporating yoga and all that. It's like, I have to, or else I think I would just be miserable. And so I think a lot of us that end up in these kind of teaching and helping professions and yoga and psychotherapy and counseling and coaches and that kind of thing. I, I think a lot of us are highly sensitive. Yeah. I, um, I, I could, we could, we could talk more about, we'll talk sometime about, cause I have a lot, I've, I feel you on the highly sensitive thing and it's been a journey uh, for myself. It was a lot of shame around it. And then I started yes. and it flipped and then I loved it. So 100%. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about your business, Doga. Tell me more. How did it start? How did you find the name? Uh, tell me more. Yes. So I am not the creator of the idea Doga. Um, th there's debate on that, um, but like regarding who actually created it, but it was not me. Everybody agrees on that. Um, and so I, I, um, I just loved the name, like, I mean, I just love the idea of dogs and yoga. So I was, I was in my early twenties and I was, you know, just kind of starting to change my lifestyle, kind of deal with myself being highly sensitive and anxiety. And so I had just found yoga and I had just gotten my first dog 
um, because I've always been such an animal lover and I, I had my first dog, you know, um, I had a dog as a child, but this was my first dog as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I had been taking her to a doggy daycare to get socialization and the doggy daycare owner and I started talking about Doga and how it would be really cool if I started teaching it. And so she really encouraged me. And that's, that's kind of where Austin Doga came from. The name, my really good friend, Emily and I were sitting down um, thinking about names. And she was like, I think you just need to call it what it is because that'll help people like be able to find you. Like you're in Austin and you teach Doga. So just call it Austin Doga. And it just made sense. So your friend came up with the name. My friend did come up with the name. And she also helps me come up with um, my dog's name, Johnny Austin. So she like, well, we kind of came up with that together. Like her and I are brilliant when it together, when it comes to coming up with names, not to like toot our horns too much, but you know, sometimes like that, that having that friend that's like creative and then can, you can bounce stuff off of is mm-hmm. just amazing. That synergy. Yeah. Yeah. So what exactly is Doga? We know it's yoga and dogs, but how does it connect people to pets exactly? Yes. Okay. So depending on, there aren't many Doga teachers, but there are a few of us. And depending on which Doga teacher you asked, you would probably get a different question from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, in the way that I've kind of made Doga my own, I look at Doga as a mix between animal-assisted therapy um, yoga kind of for healing and wellness. And then, um, basically kind of therapy, like psychotherapy. Mm. Um, and it's hard to really put words around what it really is. Um, the way that it connects people, people and their dogs. Um, and you can, by the way, you can practice yoga with your companion cat, your companion chicken, your companion raven, like whatever, if, if you've got a bond with an animal, you can practice doga with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me start off by saying what doga is not. It is not us forcing our animals into a bunch of asanas or yoga poses. Um, it's more about us breathing, coming into kind of what, what a lot of us would begin a yoga class with, you know, kind of beginning, getting centered, connecting with breath, connecting just with the way the body feels, um, maybe lengthening the spine. And so as our nervous system starts to regulate, and as we start to become in tune with our bodies, things will start to shift and we will become more open to kind of giving and receiving connection to our animal in a way that's not as kind of left-brained or busy-bodied as we are from day to day. You know, a lot of times I think when we're inter- inter- um, interacting with our animals, we're, okay, I need to feed you. Okay, I need to scoop the litter box. Okay, I need to take you on a walk. We're thinking, what do we need to get done? It's very task-oriented. Mm. So with Doga, we are slowing down and regulating and just being with our animals in the moment. Um, I would like to just say a a kind of nerd out here for a minute on um, this study that there's this institute, it's called the HeartMath Institute. And they came up with this little device that measures your heart rate variability. And the idea is based in polyvagal theory, which is that our heart rate and how, if our heart rate variability is congruent or incongruent, 
really speaks to our kind of nervous system and our brain and can have a lot to do with, with if we're feeling calm or stressed or if we're in those stress, different stress responses. Mm-hmm. And so the HeartMath Institute did this study where they did put a little heart monitor on a, a boy. His name was, his name Josh, and he was 15 at the time and his companion dog, Mabel. And Josh was in the room and then they brought Mabel in and they had Josh just visualize and just send like love, loving kindness to Mabel. He didn't touch her. He didn't talk to her. He just connected with these feelings and they showed that his heart rate variability started to become more congruent and hers became more congruent. And then they synchronized. Oh my God. Yes. And then when he left the room, Mabel's heart rate started to get real incongruent um, and started to show signs of stress. And so, you know, whenever we're thinking, oh my gosh, I just love my dog so much and we're sharing this bond. I mean, a lot of that is actually true. And we are starting to see that heart rate variability and there's different physiological things that are happening in our body um, that was really helping us connect and bond our animals in a positive way. And so in Doga, if I can um, get people to kind of regulate using the yoga tools, um, and then a lot of times we do connect with like loving kindness for our animals, um, I think it can really create a really powerful physiological connection. That's cool. So are you do are you practicing yoga alongside the dog and then the dog's just kind of around or what does that look? Okay. Yeah. So Exactly. So a lot of times what we do is is I'll start people first with their centering. So let's, let's breathe in, let's connect with ourselves, with our body, with our breath, and then I'll have them rub their hands together. And then I'll have them kind of slowly and gently pet their animal, however their animal likes to be pet. Um, So for a lot of times that's dogs or cats, it's kind of like scratching underneath the chin, right? And so now we're like, but first we get the human kind of in there, kind of calm, regulated, place. Ah. Then we have them touch the animal. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of times the animals laying beside us, we'll, we will go through poses. We'll do child's pose. You'll be surprised. Um, a lot of times the dog will go and they'll do a little puppy pose next to us. Um, a lot of times we'll do Shavasana at the very end and I'll do like a loving kindness meditation where the person will put like one hand on their heart and then one hand somewhere on their animal. Um, and the dog will just lay there in Shavasana and just soak it up. Oh, I love it. So um, is the misconception, if there is any misconceptions about Doga, um, is the misconception that we're forcing the dog into poses? Yes. 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 I know. Yes. I, I, oh my gosh. I know that whenever people, well, I don't know this. I think that some people, whenever they think of Doga, they really think I'm kind of this this silly lady who's like forcing dogs into like, you know, sun salutations. And that's not what we're doing, you know, but that's okay. I mean, people wouldn't know any other way, right? Like, like Doga is not um, a really a, something that's really out there in the forefront that we see much of. Um, and so, yeah, the misconception is that it's really based on like the poses and the dogs doing the poses. I once had someone um, call me and they wanted to set up a, a Doga class for their dog and they wanted to know if they could just drop their dog off because they thought I was just gonna, you know, br- bring their dog through like yoga poses oh wow yeah like like a training camp to teach dogs to perform yoga I guess so or or maybe like a physical therapy I don't know what they thought it was um but I can also understand that people wouldn't think 
first off that like that doga is something where you're like spiritually connecting and like meditating with your dog um i've also had people say you're taking this way too seriously this is not what people want they just want to go to the park and take pictures of themselves do and their dogs doing doga poses and like post it on their social media and i'm like I think that's great if somebody wants to, to teach yoga like that. That's just, for me, that's not living out kind of what I feel like is my gift and how I can, can really help people. Well, it's weird that, that people right off the bat aren't really seeing that there there's a connection between you and your pet. And if the owner's calm, the dog is calm. <laughs> right, right. And, and that our dogs or cats can help us become calm, right? So it sounds like you integrate yoga um, and pets with the yoga grounding tools, like the slowing down. Is that how you how you integrate the yoga for grounding um, through yes. breath and yes? So so for grounding, so it's um, so integrating grounding kind of with our animals it's also bringing in a component of mindfulness. And mm. so, because of, uh, you know, a lot, a big part of kind of becoming centered or feeling grounded in the moment is what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are you smelling right in this moment? And mm -hmm. so for a lot of us getting still enough to kind of feel centered and grounded can can feel scary. And mm -hmm. so if we have an animal with us and we're able to kind of focus on what does that animal's fur feel like? What does that animal's fur smell like? What mm. are you seeing? What are you feeling in your body? That can bring us back to the moment, but also in a way whereas the animal is serving as a co-regulator for our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so that we can even feel safe enough to kind of sit still to get grounded and centered because I think a lot of us take for granted how kind of stressful and honestly traumatic life can be and so to even sometimes just have ourselves sit still and get grounded I mean I have a lot of people that are like I know that I know that that would help but I don't want to do that or I just never find myself taking the time to kind of sit down and get grounded well if we can incorporate our animal like who doesn't want to sit down and like pet their animal yeah, it's cuteness, you know, it's like, oh, here's this cute little being who I love. Yeah. And when yes. you get on the ground, animals love it when you're on the ground with them. Right. Yeah. So you're sitting on the ground, which is going to help you become centered and grounded and you're going to feel the weight of your body. So you're, you're, and you're checking in with your body and yourself. You're not totally going external to them, but, but they're, they're also there as kind of an external regulator. So you can kind of titrate mm -hmm. in and out in a, in a very mindful and kind of present way. Welcome to the Spotlight Corner. This segment highlights Black, Indigenous, people of color and or LGBTQ plus individuals, community, businesses, and organizations, specifically in those areas. And in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people who I think are awesome and would like to show my support and hope to inspire you in supporting them as well. Lately, I've been taking virtual dance classes. Workout with Erica Nix. Oh my God, cardio, aerobics, dancing. I have been somewhat resistant and self-conscious always about dancing. 
But Erica makes this so fun that the time truly flies when I take her classes. You learn a little bit of every dance move. You learn how to protest cheerlead. She teaches you how to rave. You learn how to dance to the song called Bubble Butt. Personally, these classes have been so good for me. I sweat. I get my heart rate up. Erica is such a knowledgeable teacher great instruction. She's also really fun and doesn't take herself too seriously, which I think is a really awesome bonus. Dancing is so out of my comfort zone, but I'm in the comfort of my own home with these virtual classes. So learning how to dance has not been nearly as intimidating as going to a studio and trying to find my rhythm. Also, if you've been feeling disconnected from your LGBTQ plus community like I have, it's a great way to stay connected to like-minded people. I also would like to give props to Erica because she has been teaching these classes in the community for years in Austin. She holds a safe and fun space for people who may not always feel comfortable or even welcome in a traditional workout environment. If you would like to check out Workout with Erica Nix, I'll put her info in the show notes. She has a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash workout with Erica Nix. It's very affordable, quite the steal actually. And I hope you feel inspired in supporting what Erica is doing. And I know you will have so much fun working out with her. And to be honest, we need as much lighthearted activities as we can get these days. So I hope to see you in class soon. And we're back. What kind of yoga are you doing? Are you doing a mix of yin and hatha or like what, what is the style? Um, so I'm trained in hatha and restorative yoga is really what I would say um, is probably the most that I'm borrowing from. Um, I, because there are animals in the room or an animal in the room, um, and now I'm often doing, you know, people are, we're doing it via video. So they're, mm -hmm. they're at home. Um, we're definitely using bolsters for underneath the knees for Shavasana. We're using a blanket rolled up under the head for comfort. Um, I'm not having people maybe move stuff around as much as like a true kind of restorative yoga class, like props and that sort of thing, but mm -hmm. definitely using props comfort, um, is the main thing there. Cool. When you, you know, obviously we have to adapt because of the pandemic. So you're saying you're doing this online. Did you do it online before, or did you do it outdoors? Did you do it indoors? Yeah. So I mainly did it indoors. Um, I, I have had, you know, there are several dog events. Um, and so there are lots of dog events that would want me to come and do outdoor classes. And, and I, and I do that and it's always fun. You don't get the same sort of kind of nervous system regulation and the same therapeutic and relaxing benefits when you have a dog that's outdoors. Cause you know, they're getting distracted. Yeah. And, and so the, inside classes are the best, which is what I was doing before the pandemic. And now um, I am doing online classes, which has actually been amazing. And I have found that a lot of people are getting even more benefits from it being online because the animal and themselves, they're in the comfort of their own home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's great. So I have a little class called Yin Yoga and Kitty Cats and it's online. I did it because I wanted to make myself feel better during the pandemic. And it's some, it's similar idea what you're saying. Um, but really that it was, I thought it was cute. Like the cats would model the Yin Yoga poses for the humans. 
yes. they were teaching the humans how to do yoga. So that was my little, that's my little nod to, you know, what you're doing. Um, but anyway, uh, back to you. What is some more science perhaps behind grounding with animals? Yeah, so... I'm going to go back to polyvagal theory. So there, so there are different kind of routes we, we could go when exploring the science behind grounding in animals. We could kind of take um, a Peter Levine somatic experiencing approach. Um, there's also interpersonal neurobiology and attachment theory. Um, and then I think there are tons uh, of research regarding like just yoga and centering and mindfulness and the mm -hmm. benefits in that. Um, the main thing or, or the, the route I would like to go or to talk about is polyvagal theory. So Stephen Porges is this kind of behavioral neuroscientist and he has studied the nervous system and the vagus nerve. And to kind of keep it simple, um, the vagus nerve is kind of a hooks into a branch of our nervous system that is more evolved and helps kind of put the brake on the stress response. Um, you know, when, when you like freeze or when you're feeling like you want to fight or flee, kind of all of those, those nervous system responses. And so the key to kind of getting into the nervous system state that we want to be in, which is a state where we feel safe, where we're not feeling like we're kind of fleeing or doing anything, you know, in reaction to stress or trauma, just, and, and by trauma, I mean, our day-to-day -day lives can be traumatic for our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, the, the kind of way to connect with that part of our nervous system and to kind of be the best that we can be in our bodies and kind of connecting with our higher thinking abilities is to get into the state of our nervous system that can often be accessed through safety and what we call co-regulation. Mm. And specifically relational safety and social engagement. And so for those of us that have deep connections with our companion animals, you know, that sense of just comfort and just pure love and being that you have when you're with your companion animal or even someone else's companion animal, mm -hmm. that, that is you connecting with them in a safe way and regulate, they are helping you help your vagus nerve kind of regulate your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so the, when we bring in that type of science and even Stephen Porges will say, you know, whenever you're trying to kind of regulate or get your, get your body kind of maybe out of this scared or just even anxious or stressed state, you can imagine the love that you have for a dog or for a cat. Mm -hmm. um, and so the grounding piece is that we're going to actually do that in the moment. I'm going to show people, you know, either through video or in person, this is how you connect um, with your animal in a way that your body will then interpret as, I am safe, I am not stressed. Um, because, you know, in the field of psychotherapy and psychology, I think for a long time we were very much, it was all up in your mind. And you just had to tell yourself not to be nervous, not to be anxious, not to be scared. And although we, you know, we can control our narrative around things, our body 
is just reacting to how we feel in the room. And so if we could bring an animal with us that we feel completely safe with, completely just not judged by, just completely loved, that's gonna bring us a sense of comfort where we can just really ground in the moment and, and healing, you know, they talk about, the neuroscientists talk about how we're doing this to feel good, but it actually creates new neuro pathways. It actually oh. creates new states of being in your body. It, it's a place that you can go to if you're stressed. You can remember, oh, remember that time I was laying in Shavasana with my dog or my cat? Um, and they were so adorable and just laying with me. And so there's real science behind like just the sense, increased sense of well being. Um, you know, and then one other thing to that is like, I think animals are just such so good at modeling the kind of yoga thought of like just being in the moment like they are just in the moment and they're just happy to be in the moment you know my dog will sun them himself in the sun he'll be laying out there and he's not going through a to-do list of 100 things that he needs to do and like how and why he needs to like prove himself to the world or whatever and i'm like oh let me just like harness some of that and bottle it up yeah, he's not holding on to that time you pet that dog months ago, that other yes. dog. He's yes. not thinking about it and, you know, what did that dog have that I didn't have? Exactly. And so a lot of like, a lot of the dog is just like, like taking, just taking all of those things that the animals can model and the ways that they can just kind of be in their bodies in a way that we can't. Hmm. So particularly, I would imagine during, you know, these tough, tougher times this past year, this is being published, it's like 2021, we've been through a tough year. Do you feel like people are more um, aware and grateful of this pet human connection that they have? I mean, I know for myself, I live alone and having my cats, they become my best friends even more so because of the pandemic was so isolating. And um, what are your thoughts on that? 100%. Yes. Um, I think this pandemic has really helped a lot of us realize how important our pets are and how important nature is um, to our sense of just kind of safety and well-being. Um, a lot of people, you know, it's like humans, we, we need touch. Mammals need touch. Um, and so our animals just sleeping beside us or brushing up against our leg or our arm. I mean, that, that sense of touch is so good for us. And, and just having them by, by us is um, just so calming and soothing. And then they're funny, right? And so another, another way to kind of bring safety and de-stress in the body is to laugh, like to laugh for real. And animals will make us laugh for real. They do, yeah. <laughs> So what are you curious about right now? This could be related to yoga and animals or work, or it could be just something completely um, separate. Yeah, I am just curious about more of the kind of, I would love to see more studies on the neurological kind of things that, that happen, the things that happen in our brain and our body when we're with our companion animals. Mm. And then the things that are happening in their brains and bodies. And even wondering if the brain activity has changed in dogs and domesticated cats, like as time has gone on and the kind of bond with humans has, has grown. Um, so that's what I'm most interested in. It's like, it's like, I think that anybody who's listening, who is an animal lover is like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I know my animals make me feel better and I know they're good for my, my sense of well-being. but to have more science and more measurements to kind of back that up is really what I'm interested in. 
I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that too. I, I will say one funny thing, thinking about animals being funny. Um, during the pandemic, um, one of my greatest fears is to dance. I hate dancing is just like out of my comfort zone, but I've been doing an online dance class and it's all kinds of every kind of dance. There's Vogue moves. It's very um, out of my comfort zone. Right. And I've really embraced it and I've been dancing and I've noticed my cat, my cat Bentley, um, who's one of the producers of the show. I'm, I'm sure everybody knows. Um, he has started, um, I, and I think it has to do with me starting to dance um, because he sees me dance regularly now. Uh, he gets up on the fridge in the morning and, he, you know, cats can't really dance, but he tries and he'll like march back and forth and stomp his feet and, you know, like pose basically. So I like, you know, you know, I'm like, oh, Bentley, you're so beautiful and talented. And that's our thing we do every morning now. But I think it happened from like me dancing. I think he caught on or something. Um, yes. So, I mean, and I would have a dog, but my cats won't let me have dogs. So that's the only reason I have a dog. Yes. No, I, I love cats and you know what? And, and I, I think that like him mirroring, mirroring you is, is a good sign, right? That shows how bonded he is to you. And we'll see that in the doka classes. Um, one of my favorite moves is to have people kind of just randomly like shake, like, you know, I'll have them like shake their arms and their legs and maybe blah, 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 like make weird uh -huh. noises or whatever, you know, cause it just like <laughs> discharges energy and the dogs will get up and like shake and kind of like pants and kind of step and like dance with us. And I'm like, good. Yeah. And the shaking is something we can learn from dogs because you'll notice that they shake every transition. They're like, oh, that was kind of weird. Oh, I'm going to shake that off. And they move on with their lives. I love it. I also love it when animals, they let their jaws hang open and they just let their mouth gape, gape open. You know, adult humans yes. don't do that. They're like, we're always like tight in the jaw. Yes. And, you know. I agree. Yeah. And then they'll just like let their lip hang. Yeah. Yes. Drills just saliva. saliva. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, are we ready for rapid fire round? Yes. yes. Okay. So I imagine you can you can imagine how this works. I'm sure. So I rapidly fire questions about your favorite things, getting to know you, and um, you just answer them as rapidly as the answer arises. Um, so we'll go ahead and play. Uh, what is your favorite color? Ooh, black. Oh, I love it. I know. I know. <laughs> we were talking earlier about your teenage, your teenage self, and yes. the, yeah. So it was just funny. So I do. I have this little rebel teenager. Yep. And and I don't even know if black is really a color. I'm sure if there's any like artist out there who actually like I don't I don't know if black is technically a color, but black is my favorite color. I love it. Well, it's classic. Uh, favorite genre of music. Ooh, my goodness. Oh. You know what? I I think the end all be all for me is it, it is it's the kind of yoga chanting. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Uh, favorite favorite um, also with the music favorite song or favorite artist. I'm not going to say her name right. <laughs> Satnam Kar. Is that how oh, you say? Oh, okay. It? So we're we're still in the chanting. We're still we're still that. in the chanting. That that is my all time favorite. Did not know that about you. I like it. I know, right? Yeah. Top five movie. You know what? I don't have a favorite movie per se. I, oh, 
you know what I do love? I love all those Planet of the Apes movies. I think they're so smart. I love them. I haven't seen one in forever, but yes. Um, I mean, they were, they were ahead of their time when they came out. Yeah, well, and the new ones. And they're, they're, they're oh, sad, the but they're, I mean, they're good. They're good. Yeah. yeah. One of your top five books mm. of all time. James and the Giant Peach. No, no, you know what? Actually, A Wrinkle in Time. That book blew my mind when when I was like, I don't know, in elementary school, whenever we Yes, I read that in elementary school. I forgot about that book. Yes. And and I have a ton of books and I love books. And there's some I love more than others. Um, but a wrinkle in time, I mean, when you talk about like a book that truly, truly changed my life, Mm. um, a wrinkle in time. I also really like the book, um, by Bruce Perry, the boy who was raised as a dog. Oh, I have not heard of that book. It's, it's good. It's heavy. It's, it's about trauma and attachment theory and, and how having a secure attachment can really just do so much to help us change like Mm -hmm. in neurobiology, um, and I think for a lot of people, their animals are their secure attachments. So, um, but yeah, that, that's a great book. So besides dogs, what is your favorite animal? Oh, I love all animals. Let me think, let me think. Um, probably birds, like any and all birds. I love wild birds. I love to sit out and just watch the birds. I also love possums. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do. I think they are so misunderstood and so cute. Oh, they are misunderstood. Yes, the baby possum. A favorite dessert? Mmm. What? Okay, so there's this restaurant in town that makes a gluten-free, dairy-free, maple-sweetened, like, sweet potato pie, and it is amazing. Is it counterculture? It is a true food kitchen. Oh, true food. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That, that does sound really good. It sounds really decadent. Like it would be very dense. Yes. Mm. Yes. I eat it like twice a year and that's it. I love counterculture though. I love mm. counterculture. I love counterculture too. Yeah. They, they had their macaroni and cheese is amazing. Mm, it is. Oh yes. Um, I met the owner at a vegan hot dog eating contest like 13 years ago before she um, she was just about starting her food trailer for the first time and I was like vegan I don't know if that's gonna work but uh, clearly <laughs> yes. um favorite uh favorite yoga pose mm, you know what shavasana I love shavasana mm-hmm. and I love doing my shavasana with my little dog next to me with my hand on my heart and just sending love and kindness and receiving love and kindness it's just the best thing ever doggy shavasana dog vasana dog vasana <laughs> favorite <laughs> favorite season Ooh, um it's a tie between spring and fall but probably probably spring wins a little bit mm-hmm. all right well thank you for playing the game yes <laughs> so where where can we find you yes so my website is um austindoga.com and you can also find me on youtube i am now with the pandemic and now that i've discovered like how much I love online stuff and how I can reach a lot more people. Um, I'm trying to really grow my YouTube channel right now. It has one video, um, but you can find me on YouTube. You have to look up Austin Doga on, on YouTube. I don't have my own little name yet. Little okay. address. Cool. And you're on Instagram, ATX Doga. Yep. And Facebook at ATX Doga. Great. 
All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Nicole. I've, it's been so fun to have you and so good to reconnect with you. Um, and all of your links are in the show notes. So you're just one click away from connecting with Nicole. And may I suggest that you do. I hope to have you back soon. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and connecting with your pet with the knowledgeable Nicole Vickacall. All of her links are in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her. And may I recommend that you do? She is a great person to know. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends. If you would like us to keep going, please hit that subscribe button. Also, please leave us a glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. A big thank you in advance for that. If you have questions or comments or would like to apply to be a guest on the show, please email us at yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out y-o-g-a-a-n-d podcast at gmail please follow us on instagram our handle is also yoga and podcast please consider joining our yoga and podcast patreon they're great member perks such as shout outs on the show we send you podcast stickers and a love note when you sign up you can check out more on patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast The theme music is performed by Ali Holder. Sound engineering and mixing by Bentley the Cat. Guest booking and media by Chloe the Kitty. Remember that this podcast is for absolutely everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.